Hello, you are listening to The Blind Dad Diaries with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. Please note the preceding podcast was recorded several weeks before release. Therefore, some of the dates and information may be slightly out of date. However, please do enjoy the following podcast. Thank you. This is The Blind Dad Diaries with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. So, yes, it is. It is episode seven of The Blind Dad Diaries with myself, Martin Ralph, and of course, Nathan Edge. Nathan is um, probably another child heavier now, not literally, uh, but in the household. So, <laughs> so ever since we last spoke, which is now probably about four weeks, if you're a regular podcast listener, Nathan and Emma welcomed baby Oliver into the world. And that is the headline for this podcast, I suppose. We've got a bit of news for myself and Samantha with baby Leo in terms of genetics and cataracts appointments, uh, which we will discuss throughout this podcast, and a few tips about avoiding baby wee uh, and also how do we clean up that baby poop? Well, we're going to find out in this podcast. So, Nathan, I suppose the... Uh, the, the microphone is handed over to you first, buddy, to just discuss uh, your experiences uh, with Emma and baby Oliver. Absolutely. So, yes, Oliver Edge. Uh, we're still waiting to decide on the middle name. Um, he's not actually registered yet. We've got to wait a little bit. When are you uh, registering? You surely haven't got much longer left, have you? Uh, no, we, we, we rang up to do it. Uh, but we So we must have rang up a few days after he was born and he was born on the uh, the 8th of May. And we couldn't get him in until the 29th of June to go and get him registered. So <laughs> uh, quite a waiting list. But obviously that would actually take us over the um, you know, the minimum amount of time that you would normally have. But because we've already started the uh, the process and because of I think it's because of a knock on effect of COVID, um, you know, we have a long, long waiting time, which has actually done us a favour because we haven't quite decided on the middle name yet. So it's bought us a bit of time. So uh, but yeah, we we welcomed Oliver into the world uh, a day after his due date. So um, I think the last episode, so episode six was the, well, I think we recorded that the day before Literally his, uh, his, before, his yeah, the day before his due date. So we knew he was coming soon um you know it didn't appear on his on his actual due date which was the seventh so it was just one day later um and he was born at 2244 nice easy number to remember um so you know, basically quarter to 11 at night um by an emergency c-section so yeah um you know we were I almost want to apologise because I remember when we recorded this and I told you about the emergency situation that me and Sam had. And I was like, oh, dude, you'll breeze through it. It won't be a problem. And just just make sure you know where the emergency button is, you know, for banter. (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) yeah i was like i was like hopefully we won't have to use that button but uh, i was wrong uh so i mean we said i think it was episode one we said that we really hope that um we'll be able to sort of offer a bit of you know different ends of the spectrum to this whole to the whole journey you know um obviously we're going to give the aspect of being a, a blind dad it is the blind dad diaries but with us both having babies on the way and uh, we, we all thought we'd, we'd probably have a different sort of labor stories to to share um obviously yours was very stressful and hectic uh that's for sure so i was hoping that maybe ours wouldn't be to give a different sort of example but it but it was so uh, and i'll try and flow try and fly through this quickly because i know we have got uh a lot to talk about this uh you know in this podcast so um and it actually it started in the morning of uh of the eighth and we actually thought emma's 
waters had broke um and she had and i hate this word but i'm gonna have to say it so she also had the what's known as the bloody show <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, it's a great word there's some great words in this uh, whole, whole pregnancy journey i've got to say um as i, as I called it on my uh, youtube channel to try and make it a bit more british it was a it was a jolly bloody good show that's what i've called it um <laughs> i can only laugh um yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah, this was early in the morning, uh, so we thought the water broke, but she was having no other signs of labour, so there was no contractions or anything like that. But obviously, we'd been previously told by the uh, midwife that when this happens, the basically the protocol is to to ring up the midwife sort of um, helpline, let them know that you think the water broke, and um, basically they'll send somebody out to come and come and check uh, if if that's the case, because I know you have a 24-hour countdown from that point before you you basically have to go in anyway so um we did that we gave the the hospital a call must have been about must have been eight o'clock in the morning um and they said they was gonna get somebody out to come to the house uh, so uh, an on-call community midwife to come and you know do the exam- examination and basically uh, give us ver- verification and, and i don't mean the uh, the twitter tick unfortunately it was just verification <laughs> to see if we had been uh, you know if the waters had broke um couple of hours had passed and we still hadn't heard anything but we wasn't too concerned because nothing really had, had, had changed there you know there was no contractions or anything at this point um so i went and got my hair cut you know emergencies and all that uh by <laughs> my brother said well we could do it, it yeah <laughs> um and then we got a call back from them to say that uh, unfortunately the community midwives are, t- are too busy uh, so can we come into the hospital to you know to go and get the examination done which which wasn't a problem the hospital is literally two minutes around the corner from us so we uh, we popped the hospital bags in the car just in case uh, but again because Emma you know wasn't in really in labor by this point she was able to drive around with it only being two minutes around the corner so we we jumped in the car and I even took Abby with me so any new listeners Abby is my my guide dog and uh, we've discussed in previous episode about whether you know, the whole question, would you, you know, are you going to have your, your guide dog there for labour or not? So I chose not to. But at this stage, all that we was expecting to get to happen was to arrive at the hospital for, for half an hour, have the examination and then be sent home until contractions start. Um, you know, that, that's what we sort of expected and been been led to sort of expect as well. Um, so she jumped in the car with us and we, we, we went off to hospital. Um Arrived there, uh, and unfortunately, because of COVID, I actually wasn't allowed in for this bit. So I had to go and sit in the waiting room uh, outside of the, uh, I think it was the, I think it was actually the birthing unit where she had to go for this, uh, you know, for the, for the exam- examination. And um, so I got myself comfortable, sat with Abby outside, and um, well, the clock just kept ticking. Half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half. And I've had no communication at all whatsoever from Emma. Cause I, and I initially thought, hey, she's got no signal in there. So I was thinking, great. Um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. It then came to two hours. And you obviously, you know, when you're expecting half an hour and, and you get, well, I think I was already thinking by one hour that, all right, what's going on now? Um, and I still hadn't heard anything. And I started to get a bit sort of a little bit concerned, you know, what's what's actually happening? Nobody's been out to, to, to speak to me or anything like that. Uh, but basically because um oliver had been on the uh, the small side so on the lower end of the uh centile um scale for for quite some time they also decided to whilst 
check in if waters had broke, which they hadn't, by the way. Um, they also decided to put him onto the heart rate monitoring to, just to check that everything's all right. And it was during this uh, sort of two hour period, they actually started to notice that every so often his heart rate, heart rate started to suddenly drop and then pick up again. Um, and it was quite, quite unusual. Uh, but because of this, the fact that we were now one day overdue and because of his, his heart rate dropping, they, they said, do you want to be induced? You know, we, we think it might be a good idea to, to do this now uh, whilst you're here. Um, yeah, we, we could have declined if we wanted to, but they said because of what's being picked up on the heart monitor, they think it's probably a better idea now to, to start the process and, uh, yeah, and, and, and be induced. So um, eventually Emma managed to... Uh, grab hold of her phone so the reason why she couldn't communicate with me was not because of the signal it's because the phone was at the end of the bed and she couldn't reach it because of all the uh, heart monitoring equipment so she eventually got hold of her phone and I just got a message saying um, I've been on heart rate monitoring they want to induce me so I was like whoa what's going on here yeah I was expecting to be going home and uh, that wasn't the case so um, yeah it was it went from there really um we started the induction. I obviously had to sort out getting getting Abby home and getting all the hospital bags out of the out of the car, which is thank God we took them with us because that would have been another dilemma. Um, so I was juggling all those sort of things um, whilst Emma was being prepped and you know the, the pessary went in to start the uh, the induction. Um, so for people that aren't aware with sort of the induction process, uh, sometimes it can be quick, but it can take up to uh, many days, which. Uh, which I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, you're very familiar with, Martin. Um, yeah, um, if I recall rightly, poor Sam went through all four uh, stages of induction for Leo. And uh, yeah, so that took uh, uh, nearly 70, uh, yeah, 36 hours. And that was fresh in my mind at this point as well. So, <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, they, they obviously tell you that anyway. They obviously give you, um, they, they go through all of it saying after 24 hours, if, if nothing's changed, they'll put another one in, then another 24 hours and you have another sort of, uh, was it seven or ten hours something like that uh, it might have been six whatever so they go through all the different sort of um you know likelihoods that, that could happen but obviously in my head I was thinking I've just had a friend that's uh, just delivered a baby through induction and it took days so basically I was um myself and Emma were preparing ourselves for the for the long haul expecting to be in there for for a good few days um so they, they started us and at this point again we're still on the labor ward they started the induction uh, but then as uh, as we managed to sort of get Abby sent off back home, so my dad luckily was, uh, uh, with it being a weekend, was, was available. So he came in and collected Abby from me and uh, helped me with the bags and, and, and whatnot. And then they moved us down to the induction suite, uh, which is where you would usually go to start the induction. But it was a bit backwards for us anyway. So we moved down there um, and, and started the process. And like I said, I, I got myself comfortable. I had a nice recliner chair um and i probably sat in it for about the whole amount of time of about 20 minutes because um as the pessary started to well begin what it you know uh, not work its magic because that's not the right word because it did the opposite uh, but as it as it started to take its um you know you, its journey of what it's supposed to do um emma started having very 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 severe severe contractions which was actually basically constant back pain so much so she couldn't sit down so she was constantly pacing the the room um and 
I've always said Emma's very, very, she's got a very, very high pain threshold. It's unbelievable. So, you know, I'm, I'm normally myself taking paracetamol for, for a tiny headache, but she, she normally doesn't touch any medication for as long as she can avoid it. So for her to be struggling in the way she was and pacing, et cetera, you know, I knew she must have been in quite a bit of discomfort. Um, but the concerning thing was is that she hadn't dilated any further. She was one one centimetre dilated, which I think I was more. And um, <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> and, uh, don't want to uh, know what. Uh, <laughs> it, it got it got to the uh, later on in the in the evening, and um, and they said she had to have routine monitoring, you know, for the for the, for, for baby's heart rate. Um, and for that, she had to be sat down. And it got to the point where she couldn't do it. She just could not sit down and have that monitoring. Um, she tried two lots of she, she ended up having codeine that came straight back up so that wasn't great um, eventually she managed to force herself to sit down and to have the monitor and see how he was and then this is where it just escalated you know we we thought all right it's going to be a tough night because she's struggling so much but we're just going to have to crack on and, and wait it out but when they put the monitoring back on they discovered that every time she was having a contraction which were way too often for what it should have been at the stage um, his heart rate was 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 dipping quite severely which was a sign of him being stressed. So um, they moved us into the back up to the labour ward. And when I say moved us, uh, they came in and said, oh, are you right to, to move back over over there just so they can monitor you a bit more closely? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll start packing my bag. And I'd, I was probably about 20 seconds into it. She, and she left the room and she came back in and she said, OK, let's just don't worry about your bags. We're just going to throw everything on the bed and we're going to go. And literally, it was that we threw everything on the bed and we ran into the labour suite, um, which was a. It just like you know, we're from going as being pretty calm to then going 100 miles out and hours into there, was a surprise. But then this is where sort of, um, you know, things really hit the roof basically. Um, before I knew it, a bit like yourself, Martin. So as a blind person, obviously I have no visual sort of um, aspect of what's going on, but what I could pick up on was the urgency in people's voices and then all of a sudden the room which was originally had about you know three people in there had about 10 um you know the, the emergency buzzer was was pulled shortly before that and then like you said everyone comes rushing in to to, to offer the assistance so the, the emergency buzzer was pulled by a member of staff um and that was because of the the heart rate dropping so so far and um you know before we knew it was being scrubbed up and being rushed into the uh, in, into theatre for the <laughs> emergency c-section so um it it was all calm and then that probably all happened and then within 40 45 hours of the calmness ending and the, the chaos beginning um you know oliver was out that's how how quick it was from from being in the induction suite to then going into theater it was it was very quick and and very very sort of uh stressful well for me emma was cool as a cucumber uh, and as predicted on the on the last podcast i i i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. so obviously, from from the VI perspective, from the visually impaired perspective, we've both had very similar situations now of that confusion and that moment in the room where all of a sudden there's you, your partner, and a midwife or two, and then all of a sudden there's about three doctors, um, uh, you know, potentially up to three midwives, healthcare professionals, all rushing in to to support you know to support the, the birth of your child it, and obviously you know we were fortunate to a degree that it didn't go to a cesarean um so I can imagine obviously going into theatre it, it, did were you stood there and like 
didn't move? Like, what, what, how did you react when you were in theatre? Uh, you know what? They, it was a real sort of strangely amazing experience. And let me sort of explain this a little bit. So the reason why it was, was, was so good is, one, because Emma was in that much discomfort by this point. Actually, when she was, uh, you know, when the... So it wasn't the epidural, but it was the it was a, a spinal... Uh, they sometimes can use the epidural needle. Now I'm not 100 sure what they did use at this point, but obviously it's not an epidural because it's a full a full anaesthetist for the from the waist down. So um, when the when the anaesthetic went in for her instantly, it was like a release, uh, you know, absolute relief of, of pain. So for her, it was quite a nice moment when that came. But from my point of view, um, you know, wanting to be there as a support for her it was made a lot easier by the staff so and i can't praise them enough so you know you mentioned how how amazing uh, you know your team were when it came to uh you know supporting you and sam in that situation as we, with you both being visually impaired it, it, you know and, uh, but but for myself um you know obviously i i wanted the the focus to be on emma which is which was always a priority and, and for anybody that isn't aware she is fully sighted so from the blind side of things, obviously there's no considerations that need to be taken into account for her. But at the same time, you know, I obviously wanted to be there as a support mechanism for her. And when we actually went into theatre, it wasn't like I was just sat at one side and kept away from it. I was right in amongst the action. Um, so they, as the needle was being put in, I was um, sat down right in front of her. So she actually had put her legs onto my uh, onto my knees. Um, so I was there as that sort of support for her um, and what the staff did, which wasn't pre-planned. You know, this is they just took this up on them on themselves. They talked me through in as much detail as possible everything that was happening. So, you know, they told me what the anaesthetists were doing at that point, uh, you know, when this sort of treatment was what well, the needle was, was going in um, and then what was to be happening next. So they, they talked me through all of that as and as it was happening soon as um you know her, the anesthetic had, had, had taken its uh, uh you know its, its purpose and and she was she was numb i mean and it was quite worrying at this point because the the doctor who was in charge of obviously getting the uh the baby out there um was telling the anesthetist to, to hurry up and they they kept saying she kept saying how long and they said like two minutes and she said we need to be faster because we need to get him out. And I was like, well, you can't go faster. You need to, you need to be, you need to be anesthetized first, at least. Cause, <laughs> you, know, you can't be uh, starting the incisions and stuff whilst uh, she could feel it. But uh, obviously she, she had that urgency about her, which kind of made me a bit more panicky than I, than I was, but I tried to remain calm. I did the uh, breathing techniques that I'd learned, which was supposed to be for Emma, uh, for Emma, which were for me at that point. Um, but then what they did is uh, as they started the procedure, they moved me around right to the side of her Um so I could be sat talking to her. Uh, I had the, uh, you know, the protective sort of blanket uh, for um, for the procedure that was actually over my head. So to <laughs> to, to it, so sort of explain how how close I was to to the action. Uh, but they they made sure I was there to so I you know was a part of it with you know alongside Emma to give her the support. Um, and I think it could have been so easy for them to just keep me to one side. Do you know what I mean? And and and, and make it easier for themselves uh, but they made sure that um, you know I was able to be a part of all of that um, and what was quite amazing is 
the next thing I sort of remember was just hearing this crying as 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 they say, you know, they they've they've got him out and he starts crying. Uh, they they took him over to the uh you know to, to the cot where the, the the heater is and everything like that to do their first bits of checks and things. But they also made sure that even in amongst all of the chaos that uh, I I could go over and cut the cord uh, and they, <laughs> they even they even filmed it and took photos and things. So to have that sort of amount of support um, f- from my point of view as a, as a blind person, they they couldn't have been any better in that situation. They they really couldn't have. I mean, just the cut on the cord perspective, you know, it's one of those moments that you you just can't replace, I think, as as a dad. And I missed it with Leo because of the rush. And I am glad that I was able to do it with my firstborn um, over four years ago now. So, you know, it's one of those moments that if they can make that accessible for you, which there's no reason why they can't. Here's the scissors. Here's the cord. Yeah. Be careful, but snip. You know. <laughs> I wish it yeah. was snip. It was it was snip, 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 snip. Keep I've trying. Got, All right, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, it's it like wasn't sixteen what... strings of spaghetti or something. I, 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 <laughs> like, trying. what is this? <laughs> yeah, what, you, what even is this? The human body is so interesting. Um, not that interesting that you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm put it this way. I'm glad I couldn't see half of it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you think. Uh, but... Absolutely. I, I mean, they 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 actually uh, took because they they took my phone. One one of me last took my phone during the whole procedure. She's she's actually taken photos of, of a lot of the actual procedure. Uh, and we have some real gruesome photos where it literally captures the moment he's being sort of lifted out of Emma's Emma's you know <laughs> uh, you know where, where she's been wound where she's been cut cut open. And I'm like it's, it's, I'm, I'm actually quite glad I can't see that to be honest. But um, but but yeah the uh, I, yeah for them to, to give that sort of detail. I, I'm glad like I say I'm lucky enough to to see it all. But I was able to be a part of that journey through the in a way it was like audio description uh, as as things were happening. Which uh, you know like I said I. I I didn't actually expect it. You know, I think people that remember some previous uh, episodes where obviously I know you had a very sort of detailed plan with, um, you know, with, with your sort of midwife and the, and the, and the team, which, uh, yeah, which, which was great. Although I think a lot of it didn't end up sort of materializing because it was, because it was such a stressful sort of events in the end, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but for, for, for me, there wasn't actually a great deal of planning. You know, I, I, I spoke to them about it. Obviously, they, they were certainly aware of my my visual impairment, but because uh, basically the layout of rooms and everything was so different, it was it was more of a fact that you know we'll we'll make everybody aware, but we we you know there's not a great lot we can do at this this point, and that's what they sort of said to me. So I wasn't actually I didn't have that many sort of much high expectations. Yeah. No, no, not for when it came. <laughs> but then I was massively surprised. You know, not only were they great in the lead up to to the whole situation when things were calm but when you expect things to maybe be forgotten a little bit or or you know for them to maybe forget that I do need that bit of extra support or audio feedback and things you know I could have certainly forgiven them for getting in that situation but it was the opposite they kind of went up a level and offered more support to make sure I was a part of every bit of it so for me you know as, as stressful as it was I now look back at it and think what an amazing experience that was because of what support they 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 were able to to give in that situation. I was I feel like I was really a part of it all, and that's obviously it's the birth of my first child. I, I wanted it to be, uh, and it, and it really was. 
and could you imagine, you know, if they didn't have the empathy, um, you know, uh, and the, the compassion, how different that could have been for you for that first moment? I think, you know, it's crucial that they they were very compassionate and empathetic and, and actually reacted and were very reactive to the moment, you know, no plan needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I just can't, I, I couldn't, like, like I could have excused them maybe, you know, for for forgetting at that point, you know, as, as, as sort of as difficult as it was, obviously. I mean, I, I even said to them, I said, you know, don't worry about me. I want you to focus on Emma. But she was she was already in, in great hands. You know, there's there was uh, a lot of people there because of the situation, which probably also helped uh, yeah. because then it did allow, um, you know, that bit of support, you know, someone there to sort of help me through that as well. And I think what also made it, massively helpful is is actually and this is quite rare but the midwife we've had all the way up to this point she just happened to be on duty that night um so nailed that, that, yeah <laughs> yeah she, she, she just happened by chance and we say a lot of things happen by, happen by chance you know as when i go back to early in the story and i said about you know if, if they came out to do the uh do the validation check uh, verification or whatever I, I don't know i don't know what the official name is but i'm calling it verification about the waters break and if they did that if a community would, would midwife came out and did that at home they wouldn't have done the uh, heart rate monitoring so you, you just wonder where you what would have happened um, that's for a reason doesn't it mate exactly yeah um and, and the bit i missed out so the the explanation for the the dropping of the heart rate was because the the cord was wrapped around sort of his shoulders slash neck so if we did proceed to a you know to a natural birth which is obviously what we was uh, hoping for and planning um you know th- th- it could have been a very a much sort of uh even more so stressful uh situation and and dangerous outcome so like you say Seems sometimes everything happens for a reason, and and I think the starting with the whole, you know, community midwife not being able to come out, and then being in being in hospital, them deciding to induce, and then picking up on all these extra things, and then with our midwife then coming in for the night shift when, you know, things were about to kick off, um, it just made everything fall into place. So, um, yeah, I can't can't praise uh, Kingsborough Hospital, you know, enough for what they what they did. No, and it genuinely sounds and and you know what. All said and done, you came out quite quickly as well, didn't you? Well, not you, but um, you well, know. yeah. I mean, um, because she, because obviously Emma had had a you know, cesarean, she did have to stay in for for twenty four hours, which which used to be longer. Um, but I don't know if it's because of COVID or whether it's just these days they're more confident to send people out earlier. But um, so she did have to stay in for it's slightly over twenty four hours because obviously he was born late at night, so it wasn't the next day; it was the day after she came out. Um, but technically, after he was he was born, I was only really supposed to have a couple of hours there, and I was supposed to go home. Uh, but again, because of uh, <laughs> how amazing they'd been, and because of the, luckily at the time the labour ward was 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 pretty quiet at this point, um, they even got me a bed uh, so I could uh, stay in with her until you know until the morning, and, and and be there. I mean, they got me a bed, not that we got any sleep whatsoever, but uh, just to be. <laughs> given that sort of opportunity to to be there for that bit of extra time before I had to go home and Emma was Emma and Oliver moved down onto the uh uh you know onto the um yeah what's it called you know that when after you're given birth that that, that ward you know um, the labor ward <laughs> not the labor ward it's um oh um yeah that ward yeah, that, deli- not the maternity ward <laughs> 
Wow. As you wouldn't think we've both just had a kid in the last 10 weeks each. <laughs> I mean, it, like like we said, we, we're a bit behind recording this. So it is a few weeks ago. So, uh, and, and a lot's happened since then. So, yeah, uh, she was moved there, um, obviously, for, for a bit of the recovery, etc. And, and so I could only go back in and, and, and go for visiting, which was, you know, it actually enabled me to go back and get a bit of sleep, which, uh, which was needed. But bless Emma she, she didn't get much at all but uh yeah um you know I was able to stay with her for quite a lot of hours afterwards which was uh an extra bonus um and then she was out the, the following day and they were both home which uh you know after everything that had happened it's like I say we we was expecting we was actually sort of uh he was born and we was out faster than what we expected the induction to to, to last if that makes sense so it, it was certainly not what we expected we went in on that uh Saturday morning uh for you know to go and get the uh check if the water broke that's for sure it it definitely sounds like it went from naught to 60 in about uh <laughs> um but yeah i mean that 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 is an incredible story and i think including you know the the added accessibility of the audio feedback like just so reactive is uh you know is key and i think anyone who's who's listening to this podcast um it's a case of you know, most people have been in that situation and regardless of disability, it's it's a very stressful situation. So the fact that, you know, you're able to get that support from from the midwives and, and the healthcare professionals is is amazing. And the, I, I said it on one of the, on one of our previous podcasts, they midwives as a whole are just, I think, very unsung heroes in general. They play, you know, a major pivotal part to you know the the beginning of someone's life and you know they're just regarded the same as a nurse or whatever but you know for me the support I got from the midwives and Sam because obviously bearing you know Sam being visually impaired as well as a very different scenario was was literally it was was literally impeccable um and you know it's one of those things that some other wards you really you really really wouldn't get that that support um from the from those staff you know the, the situations they've seen and encountered really does add, add it to perspective i think um and every day is a, is very different for them i mean especially for us when you know we we had a, a german shepherd sat in the delivery uh, <laughs> suite with us so, so obviously you you got abby home as well then did you or was it off to your dad's uh yeah yeah she, she went to my, to my dad which was which was part of the plan i don't know if you remember but there was there was sort of scenario a b and c through to yep. z probably depending on when what happens what time what day who's at work who's not at work and all these sort of scenarios so uh, we didn't plan for the scenario that she'd actually be in hospital with me at that point so <laughs> you know we got through the alphabet we needed plan sort of a b so which was her to be in hospital with me at that point but um yeah she we end up sort of getting getting her home in the end which which is quite interesting because obviously sometimes we wonder about sort of having access issues and things like that but there were so many times where the the, the actual um uh so when we first went in the first midwife was was called abby which was confusing because obviously abby's also the name of my guide dog um so she actually kept saying oh you know she do you want her to stay you know we can uh anything you need we'll we'll put things in place for you you know if you want her to stay you, you can be more than happy to and i think part of it because she loved dogs as well but uh you know they were certainly trying to be really accommodating there but i said you know now we, we've pre we've planned it you know i think we're going to stick with what we what we've decided um and so you know eventually she she went home uh but then they, they kept staff just kept coming back in and saying do, do you want abby to come back you know do you <laughs> do you want us to to do anything anything you want we're more than happy to 
to help. So, um, you know, in some ways, if I had that conversation probably beforehand, I, I might have been a bit more inclined to say maybe she could have been there for, for more of it because um, I'm quite confident that any sort of uh, you know plans uh, that I needed to put in place. So, uh, yeah, they, they would have been accommodating. But I think in the end, because of how things obviously materialised, we was going into theatre and the fact that it was so fast again I, I'm I'm quite glad that I did make the decision for her to to go home because Abby um you know a little bit different to to, to Diesel she's she's very sort of um very very sort of oversensitive so I think in that situation uh, especially if she could pick up on my nerves as well I don't think uh, it, it was better for her to be at home than it was for for her to be with me really so I'm, I'm glad to that I made that decision but it was also uh you know, really sort of, um, you know, really nice to see that the, the hospital was also trying to be very accommodating and supportive with, with that side of things as well. Yeah, and I think the point you just made there is uh, what, when you said that, what sprung to my mind was I still have an image of pit, uh, an image of Diesel still to this day sat in the chair, which, you know, shh, that didn't happen, that no one <laughs> needs to know that bit, um, but literally his, his head smushed against the chair while poor Sam is crying and vomiting in pain and he's just sat there going, yep, you okay? I'm just gonna sit here. <laughs> do you want to keep it noise down a little bit? Like yeah, yeah, Jamal. I'm trying to trying to nap. Um, but yeah, it's so obviously that's. Um, I think there's 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 a lot of um, a lot has gone in gone in has got has gone on there for poor Emma and also yourself. Um, and we're gonna have plenty to talk about now as as time goes on. So maybe in our next episode of the podcast we can we can get into the. So have you changed your first nappy? But before we do. Have you changed? Obviously, I assume you've changed your first nappy, but have you done a a doozy yet? So I've I've done a few, um, <laughs> which is a few point <laughs> not great, is it really? When he's now what five five weeks old? But um, basically, so um, you know, I've, I've obviously been been giving them giving them go, but what we've found is obviously it's, it's a lot it's it's a lot easier, faster. And, and convenient for, for for Emma to do them, which is making Oliver happy with the situation as well. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, I'm very lucky right here. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, just uh, watch these if you change it, darling. You know, I can't see. Yeah, I mean, I've I've, <laughs> I've, I've kind of said to her, you know, if if you want me to do something, like if you put a blindfold on and try it yourself and just see what it's like, just to get a bit of you know, understanding, then yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean. Basically, I know uh, there's going to be a lot. I'm going to have to be doing a lot more. So I'll, I'll keep doing some over over time because obviously she's not going to be here all the time. She's going to have to go out and do her own things at, at some point. So certainly as it gets older, I'm going to have to uh, um, just just get on with it and deal with it. But it, it's not very easy, as, as expected. Um, you know, it's, it's quite a, a messy situation, but which which is just one of the things you have to get on with. But it's um, the bit that bothers me is the fact he's taking extra time, um, which is bothering him settling. yeah yeah him so, and... and that's the bit that bothers me because you can getting started with it all is fair and you know fine enough um that's and, and you the, the whole sort of situation you, you change your dirty nappies you know not pleasant but everyone has to do it uh but i think because, because it's taken an extra bit of time and I'll, hopefully i'll get a bit faster as the, the more i do them um you know he, he is starting to he does get mad at me uh quite a lot he's like you know come on dad you, you're bloody useless so um yeah, if you could talk, that's what you'd be saying. So yeah, we, we have fallen into a bit of a routine of, of, of yeah, mate, yeah, <laughs> of Emma doing a lot. But I mean, just to um, 
add a bit of substance to, to, to the change in nappies saga so for those podcast listeners uh, and those watching live at the moment i had my left eye removed about four weeks ago now which is really scary how, how quickly that time has gone um and a week or two ago my conformer fell out and i was in a lot of pain uh, and quite uncomfortable and uh, we went to hospital had it had it re put back in etc etc nearly nearly vomited and passed out at the same time um <laughs> if anyone wants to actually see that you can head over to my tiktok uh, at martin ralph and you can go and watch that video free of charge uh, apparently 70 odd thousand people have found it interesting so someone else might not bad um, <laughs> well the, the reason why i mention it is when I, when I was last changing leo's nappy um and it was a number two Obviously, I'm looking a little bit closer and I'm, I'm holding his legs up, but literally the, his, his, his leg, his left, his right leg slipped out of my hand and he just kicked and he caught me right in the non-existent eye. Oh. And um, that's <laughs> that's like have it being kicked in the um, in the gentleman vegetables um, <laughs> three times over with with a sledgehammer. Um, uh, <laughs> wow! It is not comfortable. So I managed to I've managed to get out of a few nappies because of that incident. Uh, because poor Sam doesn't want a repeat of uh, running back to A uh, and E as well. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I was going to say yeah. it's a bit of a kick yeah. in the teeth that, but I mean it's kicking the eye. It's, isn't a, it? so. it's a kick in the eyeballs. It doesn't exist. It's a <laughs> kick in the eye socket. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, in in that sense, you know, changing nappies is interesting. But when you when you're missing an eye as well, and there's there's a foot flying around. <laughs> It, uh, it just adds to the to, to the fun and excitement. See, this um, is content you get on Nova Podcast, and I think oh. I quite confidently say that. <laughs> no, I, I think I would agree. I mean, where where else can you can you listen to? Uh, I got kicked in the eye socket, or or you know, it compares to being hit in the gentleman vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's, so there's ignoring the uh, the changing nappy saga. Um, for my final update for this podcast, because we will wrap it up uh, in a moment, because I think we've gone over our 40 minute stint. Um, but in terms of uh, my update, so Leo is um, off to see the ophthalmologist tomorrow um, as he will be, be we will be booking him in for his uh, operations to have his cataracts looked at slash removed and also further eye assessments so for those new listeners etc um baby leo was diagnosed with cataracts um but again you know we 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 don't mind you know it's not something that we genuinely are, are bothered by both me and his mum are visually impaired sam was congenital cataracts as well um so it's not something we, we can't handle and also you know there's, there's nothing that leo will will you know suffer for in life if you like we'll always make sure that um ends meet for him but there's every chance he could have better vision than me and his mum so once those cataracts are removed who knows um he he could be much better than us and uh, i hope so um you know because then he can drive me around that'd be cool <laughs> um <laughs> um but yeah no so in terms of the cataracts and stuff it's going to be interesting to see a bit of a stressful time ahead because he's having two separate operations so the first operation will be next week sometime to have the first eyeball looked at and then the week after for the next eye to be looked at as well 
so there's also potential he may have some other conditions uh, which are linked to me, uh, which could be the likes of coloboma, uh, small eye. Nystagmus comes from both me and his mum as well, but that also can be uh, degenerative in a sense of if you've already got a bad eye condition, nystagmus can, can come along with it. So there's, there's, there's a lot in that sense that we're investigating and we are um, going through genetic counselling, which is which is really cool and really, really interesting, which I think we're going to have to do a very a separate podcast on its own because the amount of information uh, with the genetic stuff is really interesting. Because obviously for those, again, that aren't aware, I've obviously got another four year old with a previous partner. Um, and she is not visually impaired in the slightest and is, you know, completely, completely fine. You know, um, the, but there might be something that comes along later in life um, with some of the eye conditions and what have you that's going on genetic testing. So it's crucial that we get it tested and we get, you know, find out. We don't care where it's come from, you know, hit Leo's eye condition. All we care about is that we can, you know, link it to any other conditions that exist. So I've got other conditions with my heart, got some things going on with my musculoskeletal system. Um but yeah, other other than that, <laughs> I'm sound. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know I said I, I beat you in the in the in the blind sort of uh, spectrum, but I think you beat me with everything else. So that's, yeah. that's that's not fair, is it? I mean, you know, says 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 the says the chap with um, you know blind football caps to his name and everything as well. You know? <laughs> don't think I've got. I don't even think I've got the stamina anymore to even play blind football, let alone get any caps. Um, I've barely got stamina to walk up and downstairs at the minute. So. Uh, <laughs> That, that's called being a father <laughs> yeah actually, exactly that's not even being a blind father that's just being a father <laughs> um but yeah in terms of in terms of our update that, that's pretty much it you know it's a, it's a wait and see moment um but at the moment leo is having a bit of a grizzly phase um so we're using an app at the moment i can't remember the name of it for love nor money uh, but it gives us an idea of when he's going through his developmental leaps so when he might be a bit grizzly when he might be a little bit craggy or cranky uh, and right now he's teething he's grizzly he's cranky he's going through a leap um and he's also uh having a bit of tummy trouble as well so the poor so the poor lad's on a bit of ripe water and all that fun stuff so i think looking we might you. be using the, the same app as well because we've, we've we've got that again i don't know the name of it either so we're both <laughs> pretty useless but um as we, as we can't remember the name of anything we i don't even know why we do this podcast because we can never <laughs> recommend anything because we never remember i mean episode six it was we had like some it wasn't even official product placements but we had loads of you know coming off the end of the tongue didn't we it was all flowing all this equipment and stuff and this week uh yeah, yeah we've got all these great things but we can't tell you what they are but um... i don't even remember what my name is um, <laughs> after time um, charles no yeah charles but we've just come out of a, a, a with that app i'm just saying we've, we've also just come out of the at sort of the end of a, of a leap so and again that was also interesting for us so uh yeah there's... and i think having that app is really handy because when you have gone through the checklist of is he wet is he pooey is he is he hungry is he thirsty is he does he need some stimulation does he uh is he hot is he cold and when you're going through your massive checklist and you go what's wrong with you oh no <laughs> um and actually it's because he's in the middle of a leap and it's really handy to be like I've done everything i can it's totally fine this is kind of expected because we do have you know great moments with him where his routine is bob on but he's he's clung off sam today she's not a chance to do anything i don't even think she's had a chance to go to the toilet on her own um to be honest um but that is what it is you know it's it's parenting but it's so hard when i mean again another topic we need to discuss is working from home as uh, as again some of you may be aware i've started a new job recently 
and I am working from home. My contract is working from home. So even when we return back to normal, whenever, whenever and whatever that is, um, I'll still be working from home and I'm finding it really hard to ignore, you know, Paul Leo crying and Sam juggling nappies and everything else and or cooking tea or whatever. And I'm in a meeting or I'm, I'm finishing off a bit of work or something. It's, oh, it's so hard just to sit there and ignore is the wrong word. But, you know, it, it's that having to because you've got to have that separation of, well, this is work. Um, and yeah, that that's a battle I'm, I'm having at the moment of how do we do the disconnect between work uh, and uh, and baby time and home and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's all fun and games at the moment, but there's plenty for us to, to catch up on in the next podcast, which theoretically, uh, if we're talking of next dates, should be in the next two weeks. I don't want to commit to a date because who knows? <laughs> but um, generally, when myself and Nathan record, we record normally on a Thursday and today's a Tuesday. <laughs> I know the day of the week. Um, but next podcast, uh, we probably estimate it being uh, recorded for next week and we'll get it out for next week as well. I think because we're so far behind. Yeah. Uh, but we do go to a biweekly schedule when it's normal. So every two weeks. So, um, yeah, so we're on episode seven at the moment. And, yeah, looking forward to recording the next one. But Nathan, have you got any uh, any closing comments for this uh, for, for this one? No, we've gone through a lot, so um, hopefully. <laughs> My head's hurting. I don't yeah. Even, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah, everyone's be able to, to process it. But as as always, if anybody does have any questions, comments, or or whatever, um, get in touch with us on our socials, which Martin will tell you in just a moment, and uh, we will obviously try and uh, get back to you or answer them in, in future pods. But as we as we've had a bit of time out, um, you know, we've got a lot to catch up on, c- catch up on um and we've got a lot coming so uh, yeah please do make sure you're subscribed and we will look forward to hopefully bringing the new on a more consistent basis yeah consistency consistency is key and uh it isn't my middle name um on that bombshell we will end it there i have been martin ralph i think nathan has been nathan edge the uh, father to oliver uh, and obviously me uh, father to baby leo it has been great recording this podcast uh, catching back up Uh, This has been The Blind Dad Diaries. You can listen to all of our previous podcasts by uh, asking your smart speaker or searching on your favourite podcasting platform for The Blind Dad Diaries. You can also find us on socials uh, as we are supported by BSB Site Support UK, which is a working name of Blind Since Birth UK, a registered charity in England and Wales. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at BSB Site Support and also with TikTok. Also on TikTok, you can find our own personal handles, myself at Martin Ralph and also Nathan Edge at Blind Dad Vlogs. It's been awesome. This has been the seventh episode of The Blind Dad Diaries. This is The Blind Dad Diaries with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. 